Alrighty, everybody, we are back. The boys are back in town from the green room at Vintage Grace Church, which is looking very nice these days, Zach. Thanks Thank to all you. your great organizational skills. David Kroll here with the Zach of all trades, Zach Surface. After a long summer break, which felt like a never-ending summer, we're back and you are listening to the Text Lab Podcast. Welcome back, everyone, to all the people that are moving into this area from the Bay Area. Uh, sorry, you traded fog for smoke. Fog for smoke. I don't know if that's an even trade. <laughs> no, I don't think so. It smells worse. You did not move to Palm Springs as well. It's just a warm welcome to you from the glorious Sacramento Valley. The smoke has added a beautiful pink tint to every sunset. Yeah, I feel like Luke Skywalker on my balcony looking at the pink sun rising up. We only have one, but... One is enough right now from Tatooine. Um, you know, on a serious note, though, our prayers and hearts are with each of you who are affected by the Caldor fire. I know, Zach, you have been affected as well. And VG set, has set up a response team to that. You can check out more about that on our Facebook page. And just like the unpredictable nature of a Northern California summer, which can change without a moment's notice, we are back in the book of John, full of its own plot twists, suspense, drama. Zach, it's good to be back. Yeah, it's great to be back, and thank you for having me on my first time here. This is the Text Lab, for listeners who don't know, where every single week we do a deep dive into the text that was gone over on Sunday to help you prepare for your life group this week. You know, our goal is simple, to help you be a disciple who makes disciples, who, you guessed it, goes and makes disciples. So whether you're leading a life group, shout out to our amazing life group leaders, or just trying to do some deep diving on your own, we hope the Text Lab helps you have a meaningful study reflection, and conversations about what God has said in his word. We'll be diving just as deep as that 14-year-old gold medalist in the Olympics that's accomplished twice as much as I have in half the time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hopefully we will accomplish something, Zach, in this deep dive. We're going to be in John 14, 12 through 17. Let's get into it. All right. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Wow. Big thank you to Drew Soderstrom for a shorter passage of scripture than the 50 verses I feel like we usually get here on the text lab. Yeah, it was nice to get out of church on time this last (laughs) Sunday. (laughs) Looks like they're easing us back in after the summer. So this is a short passage, but it's definitely still very complex. Where should we start? Yeah, not necessarily an easy passage. Some interesting statements here. First, let's remember just the scene. What's going on here in the book of John? Uh, When we read scripture, especially the genre narrative, we want to pay attention to what's going on in their town Versus our town, since we are in narrative. Let's let's remember this. So Jesus has made his last public appearance, and now he's hiding out with his disciples. Literally, the Jews are trying to kill him. This is his last night with the disciples, and everything now in the book of John is really pointing to Jesus coming crucifixion. In the first 12 chapters of John, it was really focused on Judea and Samaria and Jerusalem, kind of locally what Jesus was doing. And now everything's going to be pointing towards the gospel going out to the ends of the earth. Yeah, there's a lot happening here in Jesus' last days. It's pretty fascinating that Jesus is the one who's about to go to the cross and die, but he's the one comforting the disciples, Mm. not the other way around. The comfort that he's showing is an eternal one, one for their eternal lives and salvations. Last week, he instructed them to 
Let not their heart be troubled, Mm. because although he's leaving, he promises that he will return again to them. Yeah, and then Jesus makes this really interesting statement in this passage, that the disciples are going to do greater things than he did. Yeah, hold up. Greater things? What can he mean by this? (laughs) Let's think about what he's done. He turned water into Pinot in chapter two. Can we call Jesus the first sommelier? I would say so. (laughs) Great French on that one. He multiplied and handed out food. Possibly the best church potluck you've ever been to. Yeah, just bread and fish, but if that's what you're into. (laughs) He also healed a blind man, healed a paralytic, a child. He walked on water and raised Lazarus from the dead. And there are way more that John didn't record, like he says at the end of his book. So what does Jesus mean by all this? You know, I think... It's important for us not to diminish what Christ says here. It's kind of easy for us to dismiss this. Like, well, he didn't actually mean that. But really, Jesus uses the word greater, that we're going to do greater things than him. And so when we think about what Christ has done, he did works of humility, right? He did works of service, of love, and he did miraculous signs. I think when John is using the word greater here, he he doesn't necessarily mean we're going to exceed what Jesus has done, right? Um, It's not as if we're going to have some sort of cosmic superhero competition between us and Christ. Yeah, it's not about measuring miracles like, well, Jesus walked on water, but I won a cornhole tournament last Sunday. It's not like that. Right. It's not this kind of competition of who did the greatest thing. One can hardly imagine us exceeding what Christ has done. I don't think that's what the text is talking about. But what I do think it means is that when John is using the word greater, when Jesus uses the word greater, he's describing going further and beyond what Christ has done. The context is focused now on the gospel going out to the ends of the earth. The greater things here seem to be referring to the power of the Holy Spirit, feeling regular and ordinary people, the gospel going out Ends of the earth to people of every tongue, race, and nation, that all people of the world would come to know Christ through the Spirit who empowers all who believe in Jesus. All right, we have one one verse there in those few minutes, so buckle up. Yeah. Uh, if that one wasn't too difficult, it's followed up by the next. What does he mean when he says, Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily mean that if you ask Jesus, Zach, for Millennium Falcon, he's going to give it to you. I wish. You wish you would do that one. <laughs> it, you know, it doesn't mean you're going to get your wish list if you ask for it in Jesus' name. That's kind of a common misinterpretation or confusion about this verse. You know, but I think what Jesus is saying is that there is this partnership that we have with him through the intimacy and the power of the Holy Spirit. As we live our lives, we walk with Christ. Our wills become aligned to the will of Christ. We can actually ask things of God and ask in his name where our will is aligning with his will. He will actually answer and respond to our prayers. Yeah, the power comes from walking with Jesus and walking in prayer, and we get access Mm -hmm. to this conversation that we can have yeah. with Christ and he hears the prayers that we have and answers them as long as they're in line with his will. Which well, is such a better way to live, right? Yeah, absolutely. Our lives become a continuation of the work that Christ hmm. has done on the earth. His mission continues through us as we live and walk sent from God to a world that is in darkness and is lost. There's partnership there through yeah. the Holy Spirit in us and he intercedes for us on our behalf. This is where walking with Jesus, following him as his disciple, becomes the most adventurous life possible, right? I think even in my own life, I used to think like, ah, Jesus saved me. I guess I'm now supposed to just kind of like follow rules, be a good person now before I die. And nothing could be further from the truth. There's this partnership with Christ that the work that Christ did is now continuing with us, through us, with him for all of our lives, which is just the most exciting way to live, to say, who knows what's going to happen today? I'm just walking by the Spirit, following him as he leads me. His work continues. The greater work continues in partnership with 
Jesus. This is shown in the believer's life as, as, as we love him, which is the next verse saying. We obey his commandments, but it's not about rules. It's because we're in relationship and partnership with God the Father. Our lives are now just this continuation of the work of Christ. Yeah, it's great because it shifts us away from that the idea that we have to live legalistically. Mm. We have to just follow a bunch of rules. We know that God has our best interests in mind. Yeah. And so when we're pursuing his will and we're saying, God, we want to be joyful in you in mm. this partnership. That's totally different than living legalistically. Some might call that joy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And and so here is where the next session con- section continues by Jesus saying that he will go and ask the Father to help us as, and send a helper to us, the Spirit who's coming, who will dwell inside of us. And John says, you will know that Spirit. And this is where the departure of Christ comes full circle. Uh, Jesus told his disciples that he's leaving, but don't be troubled. I'm coming again. And I also won't leave you alone. The Spirit's coming who will continue this work. Jesus is kind of fully inaugurating the kingdom uh, more and more. He's It's been started by his presence. It continues with the Spirit here. Um, we'll be fully seen in his death and resurrection. And now the mission of the church continues to go forth to the ends of the earth, announcing the good news of the gospel. Yeah, such good stuff. Any application from this? Yeah, I, you know, I think for me, it's really this just whole idea that the work of Christ continues in our lives as we're sent by him. A lot of the pray, watch, step things that we talk about here at VG, those aren't just kind of clever things to live your life by, but they really are rooted in passages like this that we pray, we watch, we step because we're living on mission from continuing on the mission that Christ did, that his mission is just continuing through us by his spirit. And so whenever you go to the gym, it's not just about going to the gym and working out. It's about the relationships that you build there. And soccer practice isn't about soccer practice. It's now about the relationships you build with the families here or dance practice. Zach, as I know for you, whatever that might be with your son or daughter. And so, man, that's just an incredible way to live, to view life through that lens, that that you're just continuing the work of Christ through the Holy Spirit that's been given to you. Um, Really just praying, watching, stepping into those things. Zach, what about for you? Yeah, I think that the comfort that we have that Jesus promises that we will have that spirit Mm. to work in us, that work of sanctification is being done constantly once we accept that spirit into our lives. So when Mm. we ask, God, what are you inviting me into? What is your will? Mm. Then that's going to be what's best for us. And God's sovereignty will lead us into joy when we seek him. A question that I'm just thinking of right now, I think as you say that, a great question is just to ask, like, where am I not believing that that's the fullness of joy? Where am I not believing that that's the fullness of life is in my will being aligned with his will? Where am I still kind of holding on to these things that are my will? And where is Jesus really calling me to release that and saying, God, what are you inviting me into? Yeah, help me in my unbelief. Yeah, absolutely. You know, well, it is good to be back indeed. We'll be back here every week through the rest of the John series. Our thanks to you, the listener, for being a friend of the pod, spending your time with us. Our promise is that we're always going to do our best to make this time valuable for you. And if you this helped you in any way, let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, whether you're working out at the gym, cleaning the house, or mowing the lawn, driving in the car, whatever you like to do while listening to podcasts. We hope you feel equipped, encouraged, and ready to walk through the text with your group this week. As always, do your own prep. Let the Spirit lead you and know truly that you are one who's sent by God this week. Into your family, into your school, into work, to Starbucks, young adult community, the gym, and the soccer practice, wherever you pray, watch, community might be, wherever God invites you to go, go there, being the living proof of our loving God. Love you guys. Catch you next time on The Text Lab.